Welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. Here's Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova, your fantastic foursome, ready to give you your fix. Now welcome, special guest, Steve Lieber. All right, everybody, I am pleased to present our guest today, none other than Steve Lieber. Steve, welcome! It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we are, I'm so excited to have you on board. I'm going to tell you, uh, the work you've been doing with The Fix is amazing. I'm having the time of my life on this book. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know what? This came out, what was it, uh, the 6th. And mm -hmm. I remember that Wednesday very well because I went around driving to some different comic book shops. The first one I went into, you know, I picked up the stuff from my pull box, and I saw it uh, The Fix on the shelf. And I was like, you know, that looks interesting, but I don't know if I'm going to get that today. Drove to the next comic book store, and I saw on the shelf again. I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I picked up some back issues. By the time I hit my fifth comic book store, I was like, you know what? I'm picking it up because I can't stop thinking about it when I'm driving. And I'm so glad I did. I got home. <laughs> I opened it up, read it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. This is amazing. And I immediately, I was telling everybody about it. You know, we recorded a podcast later that evening, and I was that was the featured comic that I talked about on the podcast. And I was like, everybody, go read The Fix. And I know quite of our listeners picked it up because I was talking about it. And, you know, now it's a regular in my pull box. I mean, I've been getting all the issues, and it seems like everybody else has because, let's see, The Fix is now hitting its third printing as of this week. That is amazing. Fourth, actually. Oh, fourth. Yes. Even uh, better. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. First issue. First issue hit its, is going into its fourth printing, second issue into its third, third issue is going to a second. Wow, that I mean, impressive. that speaks a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will, I, I'm going to be completely unable to identify my own comic by covers at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The first one, I love the cover on the first one. The second one is with, um, uh, God, what the, what's the dog's name? Um, Pretzels. Pretzels, yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot for a second there. You know, it, no, the covers are awesome. I really am enjoying them. A lot of the credit for those covers should go to uh, our our graphic designer and letterer Nick Shaw. Uh, we've, I mean, we we've only uh, got three issues out right now, but there's uh, there's like nine different covers that have been that have been designed because of all these reprints and, and variants and stuff. Um, and Nick is responsible for most of those you know, for for all the variants and. Uh, finding a little bit of hidden art. Uh, he was the one who who, uh, who found the the great fo stock photo of a beagle and, and did our first photo cover. Yeah, Nick Nick is is my hero for for managing to to, to match the tone of the book with single images uh, and and typography. It's something I couldn't even begin to do. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And going, you know, back to this book is hilarious. Uh, for those that are unfamiliar with it, go check it out. It is so freaking funny, and the art in it, your work specifically, is amazing. I, I it has kind of like this sort of, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like a retroish feel to it, and I really like it a lot. And then I also like a lot of some of like the little hidden stuff, you know, that you draw in there, like. Um, the one that I had to ask is in issue one, the guy was wearing the ski mask. He had a Steelers. It was a Steelers yes. ski mask. So I got to ask. I'm, uh, a big, I'm a big Ravens fan. So I have to ask, <laughs> was anybody a Steelers fan or is that just kind of random? No, uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Uh, All, right. Yeah, and All right. All right. That Steelers mask that guy is wearing is the exact mask that I was wearing a day that I ran home from school, uh, running from some guys who wanted to beat me up. 
And about halfway through the run, I barfed while wearing the ski mask and filled it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that is cool. <laughs> so it's, 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 got, it's, it's got a certain special sentimentality for me. That is awesome. No, that, no, it's a that common is... feeling for Steelers fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. You know, as a, uh, a Californian person myself from the Valley, I love some of the little hidden things that you have in the background there. You know, like issue two with In-N-Out Burger. When I saw that, I was like, man, a double-double sounds good right now because I'm on the East Coast and I haven't <laughs> been to an In-N-Out in a while. Or in, the, is it, in issue three, you have uh, Jack in the Box, which, again, we don't have on the East Coast. So I'm seeing these things. as like, oh, I'm homesick. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not an L.A. person. I've, I've only visited a couple of times. But because the book is set there, I, I take – getting details like that very seriously for for just about every scene that takes place outside uh i'll i'll either i'll I'll ask nick or i'll figure out what neighborhood i think it should be in and i'll i'll just like drive the google the google street view car around the neighborhood for a while looking for for places for something that 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 seems to capture the feel that i'm looking for um i'll go to people's instagram accounts uh, look for tags that indicate that they're in that neighborhood, and I'll look for interesting details, anything I can to bring that place to life, because uh, God knows it's 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 all dead inside. Uh, no, um, <laughs> now you did a wonderful job with that. Thanks. Yeah, it's it, it's just endlessly fascinating to try to take an actual place and put it on a comics page in a way that resonates in some fashion. Twelve years ago, or however long it was, I did Whiteout with with Greg Rucka, and that was set in Antarctica. And the, the challenge there was just uh, figuring out how what does everything look like in Antarctica because you can't take anything for granted. Now, um, the whiteout, that's the one you won the Eisner for, is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations on that. That's a pretty cool uh, honor. Thanks. Um, I'm considering having the they, – they gave you a plaque in those days, not a statue. For years, mm-hmm. I wanted to make it into a belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be cool. <laughs> Well, there has to be another Eisner coming up pretty soon with, you know, the fix. You know, come on, fourth printing, it, it is going strong. I, I appreciate the sentiment. There's so much good stuff out there now that I, I, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even count on being nominated. There's, it's, we're in a golden age of great comics. It's crazy how much good stuff is coming out. What are uh, some of your favorite things that are out right now? Like, what are you reading? Uh, my, my number one book of, of all time, and it, it's been this for for thirty years now, is Love and Rockets. Uh, oh. I think Jaime, Jaime Hernandez is is a, just a god among American cartoonists. And he's, he's a he's a top player on the on the world stage, and he's every bit as good now as he was in nineteen eighty one, which is crazy. You know, he's uh, to watch someone operate at that high of a level for th- for thirty plus years is just nuts. I love what 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 fractions Darsky do on sex criminals. I think it's mm. brilliant and hilarious. It is. Uh, Joe Keating and Layla Del Duca on Shudder are a team supreme. Um, over on, in mainstream stuff, uh, Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner just completely blew my head off with that first issue of a future quest. I, do, I would not have thought that those characters could be done in a compelling way uh, in 2016, and, and they, they totally pulled it off, and I was, I was nine years old again reading the comic. So you mentioned that you did Whiteout with Greg Rucka, and looking over, it looks like you've done a lot of work with Greg over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you because, I mean, just kind of give us some of the rundown of what are you, I mean, Detective Comics, uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, you know. Uh, Let's see. Broke in with lots of short stories here and there. Did a run on Hawkman at DC Comics, which is yes. pro- probably best 
forgotten. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's young work, and DC was a very confusing place at the time, because uh, the, the road was kind of all over the place. Next interesting thing would be uh, Grendel Tales of Dark Horse, then White Out with, with Greg and Odie Press, a uh, Road to Perdition sequel uh, with, with Max Collins and, and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I, I drew part of that myself, and part of it I inked over Garcia Lopez, which was like being paid to go back to art school. Just a crazy privilege that I, that I got to spend a few months of my life uh, going over Lopez's pencils. Uh, Civil War Frontline at Marvel Comics, part of the, the first Civil War crossover. And uh, Underground at Image Comics with Jeff Parker. Uh, it was a great, great collaborator, a really fun project right there. And uh, Hawkeye with Fraction at Marvel, Superior Foes of Spider-Man at Marvel, and now this. So obviously, like, take for instance the fix in Superior Foes of Spider-Man, and you were to kind of look at the two art styles. They're completely different from one another. Um, You know, one is very, you know, superheroes and capes, and this one is a little bit more gritty and raw. Uh, What kind of style, I guess, do you prefer? Do you have the most fun with? It's for me. It, it's it's all about about the story I'm telling. Uh, style is just it's just the street I take to get where I'm get to get where I'm going. When I'm drawing, I never sit down and think to myself, oh, "I'm going to have to do things this way or that way." Um, I, I just ask myself questions about what am I trying to tell the reader? What's the feeling I'm trying to get across? And as I answer those questions for myself, the pictures start to emerge in, in the right style. Uh, I'm lucky that I don't have to sit and, and you know, sketch out ten different, ten different approaches. Should I use uh, long, pointy brush strokes or anything like that? That, that? that kind of thinking never, never happens. I just kind of scribble until, until I find an approach that makes me laugh, and then I do that. Awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's very easy to get into the weeds talking about style and, and comedy choices and things like that. You start becoming one of those completely unfunny comedy nerds. Well, what's interesting about this is that he's kind of taking an abstract approach to the comedy, and it's it's either that or like your 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 worst stoner roommate from college. There's just a thousand little choices that go into making every comics panel, and ninety percent of them you make on instinct, and hopefully you've got your instincts honed well enough that the resulting work uh, lands where it's supposed to. Well, I truly enjoy um, all your work, and I just found it just interesting, you know, going from Superior Foes of Spider-Man to the fix, just, you know, the different styles and stuff, so um, well done. Um, do you ink the fix yourself as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, I, it, it's, I barely pencil it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I work on a Cintiq, uh, which is like a, a monitor that you can draw on. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a, a big iPad on steroids, and so there's almost no paper involved in, in making the comic. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll do thumbnail drawings, little, little tiny layouts that are literally the size of your thumbnail just to figure out, okay, this first panel is going to be the, the camera's really far away. The second panel, we move in close to, to his face to show that he's terrified about what he might have just eaten. Uh, the, <laughs> the third panel, we, we pull back and show what it is he's just eaten and revolt the reader, whatever. Um, so yeah, just tiny little, not even stick figures. Uh, if 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 I showed them to you, you'd, you'd think that 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 it was just just some lunatic trying to trying to see if his pen was going to work or something. 
Um, I go from that to uh, shooting models. Uh, I share a studio with a whole bunch of terrific cartoonists uh, who, who know how to pose for, for stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll make them get up from their work and say, okay, uh, here's, here's an airsoft pistol. You are holding it on him uh, and you're panicked because you're not quite sure uh, if you're going to get out of the situation alive. Hold it with both hands and, and show me fear in your eyes so that I'll tell the other guy how, he's, how he should pose. And I'll photograph it from a couple of different angles, uh, so I you know, so I can get ideas about what the what the anatomy is doing, what the clothing is doing, um, how a finger wraps around the butt of a of, of a pistol, and then I'll just draw directly on on my Cintiq while looking at those at those photos for ideas, um, and most of the drawing is done in digital ink. Uh, I don't I don't do a whole lot of underdrawing much anymore. Um, so uh, the, the digital part is important because if I screw up, I can just, I, I can erase it with, with one flick and I can be completely fearless about putting down lines. Uh, it's weird that, that working digitally has made me a much looser artist. Uh, my, my stuff when I used to work uh, in the, the traditional uh, you know, pencil underdrawing, tight pencil drawing, brush inking thing uh, was always very, very controlled because I was afraid of losing the work I'd already done. Whereas with a computer, if I draw something too big, no big deal. Grab it, shrink it down, refit it. It's like re it's like assembling a puzzle or something. The, the, the saddest thing about the result is that I don't have original art anymore, and I miss that. Uh, I you know I liked I liked having a really cool piece of original art that I can put on my wall or, or trade with another artist or something like that. Um, but you know, I'm drawing ten panel pages frequently in this book. There's a lot of gags with with very very tight pacing. And uh, if I if I'm drawing a, a comics page with with ten panels on it, that means I'm sometimes going to be drawing a panel that's like the size of a matchbook. And I just I could not see close enough to control what the lines are doing, uh, and I'd be getting all kinds of carpal tunnel from trying to control uh, at, at that precise level. Whereas working digitally, uh, I can take that. That, that matchbook size panel and blow it up to the size of my screen and have room to swing my arm and, and make a drawing that feels both natural and has all the detail it needs um, without, <laughs> without going blind at 50. No, that makes sense. Now, from the three issues that are out, which panels would you say were probably the most challenging for you? Oh, man. Um, there, in, in the latest issue, the one that just came out yesterday, there's... Uh, there's a scene where where Roy and the celebrity he's bodyguarding go clubbing through a bunch of different LA nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a person who spends a lot of time in LA nightclubs, you'll be shocked to learn. <laughs> um, so I had to spend a lot of time just going going through going through Club Kids' Instagram accounts mm -hmm. uh, to see what people are wearing and how they sit and what are the what are the facial expressions and what are the attitudes, just to try to get to get that atmosphere correct. And so that, that that was something that, that, that took a long time that, that doesn't really register on, on readers because uh, no matter how much detail is in a panel, you you pretty much take the, the same amount of time to look at it. It's like, oh, look, he drew, he drew an entire small town turning up for a parade or look, uh, there's there's a child wandering in the desert in the distance. It's, it, you, you register it as uh, you look at the panel for exactly as long as it takes to read the dialogue and then you move on to the next panel. Um, 
But if you don't get the details right, then the story suffers. Yeah. So it, it's just one of those trade-offs you have to make. Now, in one of those panels, I'm looking at it right now. You know, there's the the bouncer in one of the top panels, and he's, and he's got the uh, Chinese hieroglyphics riding on his arm. And I had to ask: Is that a Superman logo that that was drawn in? I, boy, I don't remember. I don't have the issue in front of me. <laughs> uh, there's a there's there's a lot of gags like that that I put in because it's two in the morning and a punchy, <laughs> and yeah. it strikes me as funny for a moment. And then the comic comes out nine months later. And I was like, wait, did I, did I do that? Is that <laughs> <me?"> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, this, this is why no one knows who's responsible for what in Fantastic Four to one, because nobody remembers. Yeah. You, know, you, <laughs> you do the stuff, and, and then you're on to the next project, on to the next project, and then and then a while later, someone asks you an interview, and, and either you know, you've got two choices. Either you, you can make it up and say, oh, yes, yes, we, we thought that one through carefully. That's going to resonate yeah. deeps throughout the throughout the rest of the series. <laughs> or you say, ah, geez, I hope so. God, I hope that was I hope that was my idea. If, if it was funny, yeah, I came up with that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely great stuff. So how far are, out are we with the fix right now? Uh, how far out? Yeah, how far have you guys gotten out with it? Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, I'm working on issue six right now. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know how long the series is going to run. Um, it's yeah. The, the, Nick does have an ending in mind for it, but I don't think he hasn't blocked it out to a specific issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you, you, as, as we approach the natural ending for the story, what we, we, we'll, we'll know. But until then, it's 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 ongoing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope it keeps going, you know, especially in, in fourth printing. Uh, you're doing something right. <laughs> oh, boy, right. It, it's I, I'm not used to this. I'm, it's genuinely surprising to me. I mean, uh, going back over 25 years of making comics, I'm pretty sure the only comics that I've ever worked on that got reprinted, uh, aside from, you know, trade paperbacks, which they keep in print, were the, the Civil War Frontline comics. I'm pretty sure everything else was just released and that was it. You know, it, uh, they t- tossed out into the water and allowed it to sink. <laughs> so, Steve, for, how'd you get wrapped up in in this comic? Like, how did you? How did they initially ask you to be a part of this? With, with, well, with the fix, um, it came about because uh, Nick Spencer and I were wrapping up our run on Superior Foes of Spider-Man, uh, coming towards the ending, and we knew we had just a killer partnership going. Uh, that we, we complemented each other in, in really, really significant ways that we could do stuff that nobody else in comics could do right now, if I, if I could say that. You know, we, it's, it, it's hard to pull off consistently funny. Um, I, hell, I didn't know we could do it, too. <laughs> Superior Foes is the first time anyone had asked me to be funny in, in a 25-year comics career. Um, but anyway, so we, 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 as we approached the end of the, the series, Nick said, hey, we should, we should keep doing this. We should do something else, and we should... We should do it in a, in a in a situation where we could we could own and control it. That meant image comics, um, and and so we we started talking. He had three really interesting ideas for for possible collaborations, so they were all terrific. But this was the one that really grabbed me, um, and uh, he, he he told me about it. Yeah, he, he only had a few elements in place at that point, uh, but I, I loved it all. Uh, and and I said sure, and and as soon as he had time in his schedule to start writing, I jumped on it. So, any other current projects going on? Boy, uh, this is this is eating up my whole life right now. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, 20, 24, 26, 28 pages, uh, each with, with seven, eight, nine, ten panels sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, it's more than enough to handle. Uh, the, the rest of my time that's not spent drawing this is doing, <laughs> this is the least interesting sounding thing on earth, uh, administrative stuff for the studio and part of Helioscope, uh, formerly Periscope Studio in, in Portland. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, so a giant studio of freelance comics people. Uh, currently, I think there's 28 of us uh, all sharing space in downtown Portland, Oregon. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's really valuable in a bunch of ways. Number one, um, just being around a bunch of other cartoonists operating at a really high level keeps your game up. Nobody wants to slack off. You know, if I look over and see you know, Colleen Coover kicking ass on a on a page of Bandette. Or Benjamin Dewey doing something spectacular in, in Autumn Lands, which he draws uh, for Image at, at, with Kirk Music. It's it's very hard to, to rest on your laurels when somebody else is revving up next to you. Uh, also, it's kind of a Skillshare thing going on. Uh, if if one person figures out a clever thing to do with Manga Studio or Photoshop, suddenly twenty eight people know that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it 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 helps us avoid the they getting old and not learning new stuff because there's if there's somebody next to you learning you're learning it too. Yeah. And finally, Wally Wood said that, that being a cartoonist was like uh, being sentenced to to life in prison in solitary and hard labor. Uh, <laughs> and working in the studio with other cartoonists is a way of getting back into general population. That's a, that's a, that's a grim <laughs> metaphor right there. Yeah, I apologize for that, but <laughs> no, that's, uh, cool. no, that's okay. <laughs> But it's it, it, it's it's very easy for for artists working in a room by themselves to kind of crawl through an ass. Can, can I say ass on this thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Ass, ass, ass. Um, <laughs> it's I've, I've 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 seen it happen to, to folks. And there's 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 any number of cases that people get named where you know, someone just is just working in a room by themselves, um, kind of playing out both sides of an argument in their head so that they always win. Um, and people need socialization. They need the input from new ideas, and and <laughs> you get an idea of whether jokes are funny and when they're not, uh, when their ideas are making sense and when they're not, and and uh, we we give that to each other. So, one question, one of the last questions that I have would for you would be, if you could work, obviously you've already worked with some big names, Nick Spencer, Greg Ruck, etc. If you Joe Kelly at one point, if you could work with anybody in the like who's your dream writer that you could work with and like draw for oh boy that's an interesting question there's there's some novelists that um uh that have dabbled in comics who i'd i'd, I'd love to work with uh tobias Bakel, a great science fiction writer i, I just did some illustrations for a, a book of short stories he did uh, Nalo Hopkinson, another science fiction writer who's interested in comics, but but hasn't hasn't dipped a toe in yet. It's funny. A, a lot of my best collaborations in comics have been with 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 prose writers coming to comics. Uh, Greg Rucka, when I when I worked with him, had only written novels at that point. Uh, my wife Sarah Ryan, uh, who's a novelist, and uh, her very first comic story was nominated for an Eisner. So I, I, I tend to look at a lot of prose people within comics themselves. There's, there's a ton of super talented people who I'd love to do do stuff with at some point. Jerry Duggan's wonderful. Um, yeah. Kelly Sue, 
I'd uh, love to do more with Matt Fraction. He and I have talked about some stuff over time, but mm. he's a little busy. Um, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> just a little. He's got what, two, two, two issues out running right now, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Howard Chaikin is someone I'd love to, to draw a story for at some point. And Kurt Busick, he and I did a, did a uh, just did an eight pager years ago, uh, but I've never had the chance to do a long story with him, and it'd be a real pleasure. Uh, I've drawn a couple of like two and three pages for Paul Tobin, but at some point, I'd love to do a longer story. There's 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 so many, and it takes me so long to draw a page that it's it's hard to know when I'll ever get the chance to work with most of these folks. So Steve, I have to ask you, what do you have in your pull box? Oh, I I do not have a pull box. Uh, really. I'm, yeah, I, there's there's five or six terrific comic shops in town, and I just kind of uh, go to them and, and grab stuff when I see it. And plus, being in, in Helioscope and sharing space with, with 20 other cartoonists, uh, everybody buys lots of comics, and as soon as they're done reading them, they bring them into the studio and leave them on the lunch table. Oh, uh, so I'm, <laughs> so we've all got access to, to what 27 other artists are reading <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, so the, the the comics just kind of pile up, and that doesn't even count. Uh, several of several of the studio members are on uh, comp lists, where they they just get everything that a company puts out sent to them every month, and so the comics pile up. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, imagine uh, twenty your your collection plus twenty seven of your friends' collections all on a lunch table. Oh my goodness, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, uh, Nick has been getting a lot of stuff, you know, on the internet these days with uh, Captain America, Helen Hydra, and all that kind of stuff. Think we'll see any maybe uh, jokes or crossovers about that in the fix? Boy, inside the fix, no. On on Twitter, I'd be amazed if we didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I think I think Nick uh, with with his contract with Marvel is very, very conscious about what, about what he could do with his creator own stuff and what he can't. Um, uh, but it, on, yeah, on social media, you could, you could joke around however you like. Uh, I still haven't read this issue. This is, uh, <laughs> like I said, there's, there's a lot of comics piling up on the table, so I still haven't seen it. So I don't even get to form an opinion yet. Yeah. Well, we should have, oh. we should have started that with, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In case you hadn't heard. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, he, Who has He may not have. <laughs> Who knows, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I should have played it like that. What? What are you talking about? That's crazy. Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote that? Nick uh, Who? Oh, oh, man. Well, congratulations well, Steve, we really appreciate it. Oh, gentlemen, thank, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yes. And we appreciate you coming on. You're welcome back anytime, man. Oh, very cool. I'll, 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 I'll be on next week then. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> right. See you then. Excellent. All right. All right. Yeah. Talk to you soon, gentlemen. <laughs> Reviewing comics. Hmm, imagine that one. <laughs> so here we are. We've each read an issue that we're particularly fond of that we're going to be talking about. And to start us off will be... Who's going to start us off? 
Well, me and Nova are gonna tag team it, so I, I guess. Uh, I, I guess, guess I'll, just... you y'all want to start it, or do you want me to start it? Well, I don't know. Do we discuss DC or do we discuss Marvel first? Hmm. Or, 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 or this other publisher? We'll we'll, we'll we'll go last. DC save the best for last. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Well, my issue is gonna be the newest Venom Space Knight. It came out what two Wednesdays? i guess it's two wednesdays ago now and it's kind of weird right now i mean the whole series itself has been like off and on good i like thompson you know he's pretty good on the book um but right now venom like they keep calling it a clintar not a symbiote because they're going by an alien space name that they gave him in guardians of the galaxy and it's kind of weird yeah. and then but he's separated from flash thompson right now and throughout the thing, it's just, like, him trying to, like, trace down where Venom went. Like, he needs to figure out where the suit is because it's going through the galaxy. And it's uh, wronging a lot of rights. All these things that they've done together in the past, he's just going back and, like, destroying planets and all kinds of crazy things. He killed a whole planet, basically. And... Spoiler. He, he, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that happened a while ago. But anyways... Um, yeah, he's going around and he's doing all these things and Flash is trying to hunt him down with his new team that he has. He has like a giant panda, um, this alien a chick. A giant panda. It's a giant killer panda. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but it talks. What? It, yeah, it's cool. It's real. It's a chick, fu? too. Uh, no, it doesn't know kung fu, but it's like, rawr, bear. But it talks and it wears a pink rawr, space bear. outfit. <laughs> it's a pink space outfit and it carries around its baby. They I did think, a whole thing where they were trying to save the baby. I think you, so, I think you did better song as on Hyperion last. <laughs> no. Oh my god. But no, this is good. I'm telling you, it's pretty good. Okay. Um, judgment. He's, he's convincing himself, not us. No. Okay. It's a cool story so far. Except for now. Right now, I'm a little confused. But um, apparently, like in this issue. Uh, he catches up with Venom, and then Venom like basically drank all the booze at this bar, okay? And then like left one beer, and he left a note with him saying, you know, this one's for my buddy. And because Flash used to be an alcoholic. And so... so symbiote is walking around drinking beer and leaving notes? Yes. Or telling people to leave notes for him. He can... No, Venom can walk and talk now. Like... What? A set, his own separate thing. He has a mind of its own now. Now we know why Rusty likes it so much. A symbiote walking around with beers? <laughs> Next to a he, panda wearing pink. With a baby. <laughs> so Venom has evolved so far now that oh. he doesn't need a host. He can go and function on his own as his own thing. And he's now and he's what? known as Venom. Yes, it's still called Venom. <sighs> okay. But in the issue, like, uh, he finally catches up with them and everything, and he, like, hops on a ship, and they fly off or whatever. I mean, Venom steals a ship, and then... Flash jumps on and they fly off and then Venom goes and shows him all this stuff. One of the things he shows him is the first host that Venom ever had was actually this guy on another planet and him and that guy destroyed the whole planet. And that's why he went and destroyed another planet. He was reliving something. And he showed him the graveyard of like all the people that were dead on the planet and stuff. And uh, at the end of it, it just showed uh, Flash standing there looking at it. And he's like, no, this isn't me. And then Venom's like, yes, this is you. This is why we bonded so well, because we're, like, the same person. And then all of a sudden, he, like, consumes Flash, and Flash's like, no, and then the comic ends. So, basically, Venom took Flash on a this-is-your-life tour. 
go, the ghost this of is Christmas my life past. tour. It was a This is Venom's life tour, basically. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. While reminding him of his this. own past. So what is a what does a walking talking venom look like without a host like like venom like if he was on eddie brock almost oh, oh. so they drew him like the eddie brock venom bait kind of yeah he has a little bit of a different face and mouth but it's essentially the same person all right now i know a couple weeks ago you said that you were worried about the artist coming out because it was a new artist right yes this series? new artist first issue okay what did you think of the new artist oh i mean it's pretty dang similar like, oh, the artwork okay. is almost identical. It's kind of crazy how close it kind of meshes. I mean, there's a few instances here and there you can tell that are different, but it looks like he, like, they either helped or worked on it together in some way uh, or, or something, but it, it looks almost the same. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. And I, it might also be something to do with the coloring, too. The coloring in it's really good. All right. Well, I'm more intrigued by that than I am Hyperion, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> You have a walking, independent Venom. It's interesting. It, it does sound interesting, I guess. Yeah. And now we're going to see him as a bad guy. The thing, coolest part about this was at the very end, it said, next issue in Venom. It had the Venom purple font from the 90s. Oh, yeah? And yeah. It was cool looking. It was very cool looking. But I guess uh, Flash, Venom is in charge of Flash now instead of Flash being in charge of Venom. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see a bad guy Flash Thompson for a little bit, I guess. Check At least out. an issue. <laughs> so, Nova, what do you got for us? You and Tap have something hey, brewing. We're, we're, we're saving for last. It's Red's turn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm up, red. No, we don't I'm up red. to bat. Well, okay. of course, I'm bringing to the wonderful world of Image. Have any of you guys read They're Not Like Us? No. I read the first issue Okay. when it first dropped. I don't yeah. even know if yeah. I've heard of it. Well... The first issue dropped back in December 2014. The last issue, issue number 12, came out uh, in March 2016 of this year. It's brought to us by Eric Stevenson and the art by Simon uh, Gain, which is really good art, actually. And a great story. Now, I was actually thinking of you, Rusty. I know you're a big X-Men fan. Mm-hmm. All right. And based off of that, I know you're going to like this issue because I read this, and to me, it... it it's X-Men. Really. Really? It's really, really what it is. <clears throat> but done by image. So, you know, our story basically takes place about uh, this gal. She's on the top of a mental hospital, and she decides, you know, it's time to jump. And some guy comes up behind her and is like, uh, you know, maybe you need to uh, not do that, and uh, let's talk. And she's like, nope, I need to do this. And so she jumps. And then the next thing we know, she wakes up in a hospital, all banged up and everything, behind a locked door, hearing a voice in her head. And she's like, oh, the voices in my head are back. And it turns out to be that guy. And he mentally unlocks the door. Think of almost like Charles Xavier. Okay. And basically helps her escape to the hospital, brainwashing people and removing memories from people, and takes her back to a a mansion similar to the Xavier School of Gifted Children. And there is a group of young kids who all have different mental abilities. Uh, some of them uh, have uh, telekinesis. We have a technopath who can control basically computers. We have people that can do all sorts of different amazing skills. The thing with the twist with this is that 
nobody's allowed to know who each other's real identity is. And on top of that, we find that they are not allowed to revisit anything in their past. Their, their past has to be let go, which is why nobody is allowed to know who each other's real identities are. You're supposed to basically move on to the future and better yourself. Here's all the classic books, all the classic literature. Here's all the music you want to learn. We're going to help you make your abilities grow stronger and really learn who, what kind of person you are together as a team. And on top of that, we really need you to let go of the past. And part of that is going to be us having to kill your family. And that's where the issue ends. What? Yes. And it's like, uh, that's it. You know, that, you know, and it's 22 pages that read super fast because you, it's just really well written, really well drawn out, laid out really well. And I'm telling you, after this podcast, I'm going to be going back into it because I have all 12 issues. Ironically enough, you know, I was uh, at the shop going through the dollar bin and I found issues one through eight in the dollar bin. And then literally right behind me as I turn around, there's issues nine through 12 sitting on the, the display for, uh, you know, cover price. But I'm telling you, this, this first issue just really grabbed me. I don't know. Did you get, did it grab you at all, Nova? Uh, it was a while ago, but yeah, I thought it was, yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. No, it was. And like I say, it has a, an X-Men, uh, taste to it. You can really feel it, but the, the only difference is they're a little bit evil because they also tell about how nobody knows who they are. Nobody minds, you know, nobody remembers who they are because they go on this average life with no technology and they just take what they want in life because they can that is my issue for this week. They're not like us by Image Comics. I highly recommend it. I ask everybody to give it a try. Awesome. That being said, Very we'll easy. swing it on over to Tapa Nova because I think we have a little rebirth action going. We do. Uh, we yeah, do. The afterbirth continues. <laughs> Let the afterbirth flow. I mean, <laughs> <we're>... yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, we have. Uh, I think there was five, five that we can talk about. I guess we're trying to sort of um, keep it spoiler-free for people who may be a few weeks behind. Oh, man, that's hard to do, though. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about um, is Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Detective in Action. Um, okay. I got a question right off the bat. Yeah? Who are these is characters? Aqu- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is Aquaman still a badass? They have um, this issue. I don't think they really. He does some cool stuff. Yeah. I'd say he he fights these like huge uh, sea creatures, and he's he's fighting off this like uh, this anarchist uh, group from Atlantis, who's basically against him. It's a classic. Oh, he's from the surface, so we don't like him. Um, it was. I'm glad we're talking about it first because it was sort of the weakest of of the group. But that doesn't mean it was bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't bad. None of the Rebirth books, honestly, have been bad, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know what? I think the problem is, too, with when the New 52 started, Aquaman number 1 was, like, a Epic. huge hit. It was yeah. insane. So this is sort of... You subconsciously try to compare the two here, and uh, it did fall short a bit, but it also tried to do... It, he Dan Abnett, who wrote it, tried to channel a little bit of... Uh, Jeff Johns in here, especially with that little diner scene. Uh, they revisited the the seafood, not a diner, sorry, the seafood joint. 
But overall, uh, there was a lot happening, just underwhelming, I'd say, uh, in general. But I mean, from from the the worst of the of the bunch, there's a whole lot of good to talk about. I don't know what uh, tap what you're what you're itching to to chat about if you. Um. Well, I guess the first one up on there. my docket would be uh, surprisingly enough, uh, Action Comics. Um, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I didn't think i would say that um you know because we, we read the superman one um you know and it was it was decent uh but yeah. action comics like was way better in my opinion yeah um it was it was really well done God, there's so many spoilers like how do you discuss this without it's, telling we'll just people? say it it, it it will just say it it's been what i think when this drops it'll have been two weeks so yeah if it's okay next spoiler alert if you don't yeah. want to hear it skip ahead um yep. Basically, so you have Superman, bearded Superman, the Superman we all know and love. Um, he's, you know, Lois, and they have like an eight-year-old kid or so, and the kid's asking all these questions and stuff about his dad and, you know, what planets has he been to and da-da-da. And then Luthor, the, the new 52 Superman, you know, he's now Luthor. Um, he's like, I'll be your Superman, blah, blah, blah. So needless to say, our Superman sees this on TV, kind of gets pissed off, does a really badass shaving scene with like a mirror and some lasers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, he's now beardless again, um, which I kind of say is kind of rocking the beard, but uh, I'm just a little biased. Uh, but anyway, so uh, he gets mad and he kind of flies off and there's that scene where he's like flying away from the farm and you see the little kid down below. He's like, go dad, go. Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I absolutely love that panel. I don't yeah. know if it's the art. I mean, the art's really great. I don't know if it's just the artwork or what, or if it's a little kid and the dad. He's proud of his. I don't know. It was really touching. I like that one a lot. Uh, but yeah, so basically, Superman confronts Luthor, and then all of a sudden, apparently, New Fifty Two Clark Kent shows yeah, up. Yeah, I have no idea. And you're like, what the <laughs> hell is going it's on? Like every page, How many there's Superman something crazy. Are there? Well, there's Two. there's Earth Three? One and the New Fifty Two. Well, there's multiple. Okay. There's a Chinese there, one now. There's yeah. there's multiples. There's gonna be Supermans everywhere. You get a Superman, and you get a Superman. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Uh, but yeah, so the New Fifty Two Clark Kent shows up, and everybody's like, everybody's baffled. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Even yeah. our Superman's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you see, our Superman is like, "No, it can't be." And then the last page, because I think what they're doing on the rebirth is, it seems like the last page, um, and almost all these issues, they're introducing the the new villain for this arc. Um, for Aquaman, for instance, it was a uh, uh, Black, Black Manta. Manta. Yeah. Um, and this one, they show him, and it's fucking Doomsday, but not just any Doomsday. The Doomsday from Man of Steel eighteen, the original. That's cool. The yes. green suit, yeah. The green really? active suit yeah. with the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, awesome. I might read great. some Superman then. Uh, read on. action and it's action comics, not Superman. Action comics. Yeah. Yeah. Action comics. Yes. Okay, there, there's yeah. a difference. Superman was okay. Action comics way better. It's very promising to say the least. Yeah. I mean, there's okay. It, it felt like every other page was just, what's happening? Oh, I need to, I need to find out. I need to keep reading. It was really well done. Uh, I'm looking forward to what Dan Jurgens has in store for sure. Yeah, when I flipped to that last page and I saw Doomsday, I was like, oh, no way. 
Yeah. Like, I got really giddy inside. I was like, this is epic. I, I really love what they're doing. I really like the confrontation with uh, Superman and Lex. Just just them talking even before they started back and to get out. Yeah, it was just like, oh, I know who you really are. And it was just really well done. I thought um, you could feel that sort of hatred that the, the pre-New 52 Superman had. Yes. But while we're talking action, let's jump to Detective, which sort of sort of going with the same thing i mean there's this it was a there's a there's one. a bat there's a batman going around you know attacking people like there's some other bruce wayne out there there's another there's a villain batman well yeah it's it starts off with um man, the artwork on here was incredible eddie it barrows is just really so good. the coloring as well just made it pop so much um well we see Azrael fighting this like dark figure that looks like batman is john is there <laughs> no 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 oh well yeah actually it is him it yeah, is him yeah it is that has real yeah 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 uh, i remember uh what was the last time you said uh john claude yeah he said john claude van Damme. Yeah, <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> uh john god now it's jean paul jean paul yeah, valley yeah. yeah is that good is that is that good french nova jean paul yeah Valley. that was <laughs> you, i think quebec is calling for you <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so yes, but yeah, go on. it's wild. I mean, we see this like mystery attacker, and and then Batman, the real Batman, shows up. He's like, "Oh, what happened?" All this stuff, um, and we see the return of a character that I guess has probably been around. I just haven't seen her as often. Um, Batwoman. Mm-hmm. So Bruce basically approaches her and says, "Yeah, you're gonna. We we need to train these." Uh, the robins and the the night like nightwing all these guys we need to get them really ready for what's out there which i thought was weird because it seems like they'd be ready by now um and yeah they basically got we've got this whole team we've got spoiler robin red robin sorry um uh was nightwing there uh, i don't maybe not call saying nightwing you had like the duke uh duke robin or whatever yeah, yeah. and um the and surprise, then, the surprise uh, teammate, yeah, the Clayface. Su- y- yeah, what was that? It was weird. Yeah, I, uh, I still don't know how I feel about that. Like, I kind of expected it because I saw him on the cover. Cover, yeah. He was on the cover, and I go, "What the hell does Clayface have to do with any of this?" And then uh, they show him, and like, he's just like. The way they portrayed him, you felt bad for the guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, the way they portrayed him, he's like, I just wanna just sit here and enjoy my movie before you take yeah. me back to, you know, Arkham or whatever. Yeah. And Batman's like, Well, actually like he's <laughs> like, I wanna train you to become part of my team and it's yeah. like Alright. <laughs> well yeah, I mean Clayface is a pretty tragic origin story. He used to be like a suit like a Brad Pitt of, of the movies and he had this accident and now he's Clayface, this uh monstrosity really oh you know who it was cassandra kane she's the other one that's there yeah the, uh, I, I don't know what she goes by now i don't remember but yeah she's the you know trained by the league of uh assassins and whatnot yeah she's the ninja looking one yeah but there was one really funny panel where um they're all sort of swinging <laughs> off on their hooks Clayface is like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? Yeah, Batman and Batwoman are like basically like, keep up if you can, and then like they all just swing off, and suddenly like, all the Robins and stuff are swinging them after them, and Clayface is just standing there on the roof like, ah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that, guys. He's like, what do I do? It was really he gets really his funny. own bat gun. He's like, Pew. 
Yeah, he's gonna. I don't know. He's gonna use his clay molding, I guess. Yeah, I was expecting to shoot clay out or something. I don't know. It was really funny. He's gonna swing around yeah. like Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically exactly. just giant clay monsters. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Imagine there's a there's a page where he's he looks like Spider Man too, and it's just oh like... my god. <laughs> no, yeah. that would be that would be really really awesome. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It was a great um great setup issue and. If that art stays consistent, I'm going to be extremely happy. I actually think I like Detective Comics slightly more than I liked Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe just because it had more characters. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is is the main titles have to do this like rebirth issue, and then they get into their actual stories, whereas mm-hmm. Detective and Action just jumped right in. They didn't that have to worry about that is this true. rebirth issue. Should probably give them another shot, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Shall we jump to... Let's talk about Wonder Woman real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you have a chance to read it? I did. Um, I read it. I enjoyed it. I'm still... I didn't read much of the new 52 Wonder Woman, though. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people were big on it. Um, that was amazing. It was amazing. So I need to go, I need to go back. It. I really need to go back and read it. But I'm not too savvy on, on Wonder Woman and what's been going on. So this was all new to me. Um Okay, well, for those that don't know, um, she's, I'm sure you saw it, she sort of became the god of war recently, uh, which happened in the New 52, but what the issue's really about is sort of this confusion with her past and what's happening with it, because there's been a few origins, there's the one where she was made from clay, mm-hmm. or more recently where she was, she's a demigod, she was the daughter of uh, Zeus. Zeus, Zeus, yeah, and so it's sort of interesting what's happening here. Because they're sort of saying that her past is being altered and she's forgetting, you know, who she is and, and what's where she really came from, uh, which I'm sure they're, they're going to explore in future storylines. But, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. So it, it, did it talk about Darkseid at all? Um, I don't think I don't think they mentioned it, but that'll be that's the, uh, for sure going to be explored. I yeah. think they said something about a twin brother, if I remember yeah. right, but that was it. Like, they didn't touch on anything else really more than that. Yeah. But uh, I think the one thing I, that really got me... Um, well, it, it's it's a really weird issue. It's not like the other... I mean, again, it's a rebirth issue. These rebirth issues have this theme of sort of... Um, I don't know, I guess, giving the characters a new spin and sort of catching you up and stuff. But there was a nice scene where she sort of puts the lasso of truth on herself and just trying to you know, convince herself of who she is. Uh, it was really well done. Greg Ruck is really good at character-driven um, pieces. But the one thing I wanted to talk about is the last six pages are drawn by Liam Sharp, where she just goes to Olympus, I think, or Themyscira. I think it's Oly- it's Olympus, yeah. And she's fighting, like, this Minotaur and, like, a, a centaur. It just looks so good. His art is just... It's so nice, so overly detailed. I feel like he's killing himself with the detail, but it just looks really good. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's all there is to say. If I mean, I can't wait for the main series to start. And uh, there's one more rebirth issue to mention. I think Tap, you can take this one away. Yeah, Flash. Um, I was very very excited because well, Joshua Williamson's writing it. Um, and I've come to really love Flash over the last few years. And uh, so I was super excited about this one. And the thing that really made this my pick of the week, I so to speak, for Rebirth Issues is because 
it directly tied in with what happened in the uh, 80 page rebirth issue like all the other ones that they're just kind of spin-offs like but they never talked about really anything um batman kind of did i guess a little bit with a little you know pen but for the most part like nobody really talked about anything um that happened in the rebirth issue flash is the only one that really kind of discussed it and went back he meets up with wally he starts having like these visions and stuff you know barry you know is at a crime scene doing his thing and he starts having these visions um and he just kind of takes off running and then they kind of go to where he sees wally and they kind of replay what happened in the 80 page issue and then they go from there they continue it basically um where you know barry's like oh we gotta go tell iris and wally's like no you know don't don't tell iris she's not ready yet something's not right and wally just keeps telling that there's something watching them um he's like i can even feel it right now you know something's watching us and uh you know barry's just kind of confused he thought the speed force was trying to give him a message and uh yeah, just a lot of back and forth with him and debating on whether or not to tell iris and then the, they they don't the part that kind of kind of got me at the end was when uh um barry gave him uh you know told him that you know you need a new suit or whatever coming up you're not kid flash or something like that. what do you say he's like he says like you're not kid flash you're you're a flash yeah and I thought that was really kind of like heart, you know, heartwarming. Anyway, <laughs> and then uh, there's a part where like they both run off and they kind of run their separate ways. And there's a line in there where they it says something about something about not saying goodbye. I don't remember how they worded it, but it's something like not saying goodbye because they know that this isn't goodbye. They're going to see each other again or something along those lines. Do you remember that? Uh, not not it's again it's been a while, but. Um... Yeah, it was it was a really nice uh, little touching scene for sure. It was. It was it was really really cool. But anyways, then you go on and uh Barry shows up at the Batcave and uh he's this and you see Batman kind of running the uh the Watchman pen through all of his little lab computers and and all that fun stuff. So uh and then there's a uh, another figure that uh shows up at the end kind of a yellow lightning that most people would think is reverse flash uh but you don't know and actually i read prior to rebirth coming out that joshua williamson was creating a brand new villain uh for this series called i believe it's godspeed yep and so i'm thinking that's who this yellow blur is going to be i'm I'm thinking it's going to be godspeed it'll it'll be interesting to see um it it said also in two weeks lightning strikes twice twice or something like that yeah Yeah. so we all know what that means yes but i've i've got to say i personally enjoyed art throughout the entire issue i know some of the panels people were you know having some complaints about it wasn't all uh 10 out of 10 i guess Uh, yeah I personally love the style of the artist. I've seen him do stuff like all new X Factor and stuff like that. But I've got to say, when he's drawing Flash and he's got all the lightning crackling and all that stuff, it looks so good. It's just some of the best Flash art I've seen, in my opinion. Yes. It was uh, very, very, very well done. And I'm very excited that this is a bi weekly book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, will it be Can't will it be coming out fast enough for you tap <laughs> uh yeah compared to what i'm used to 
Um, most definitely. So, I don't know. I'm just really excited to see where this whole Rebirth thing goes. I was a little apprehensive when they said Rebirth. I was like, oh, I'm kind of excited for it. But I haven't been that big of a fan of all the big stuff that's been happening. Like, Convergence with DC wasn't a very big hit. Secret Wars with Marvel wasn't really a very big... You know, I was kind of nervous about big events. And, god damn, so far DC is knocking it out of the park. Like every issue is at least interesting if it's not great and like super exciting it's at least interesting enough to make me want to read the next issue yeah and that's saying something you know when you're they've already put out what 10 issues total 11 well yeah including the 80 page rebirth yeah well more than that once this um once well, this at actually the, gets... at the time of this recording, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they put out like ten or eleven issues of Rebirth, and all of them have been awesome solid, to read, yeah. solid, solid reads. Yeah. So excited to see Absolutely. where this goes. It's it's got a rebirth bright future. On rebirth on Rebirth. Absolutely. Which creates more afterbirth. Yeah. <laughs> we should just call this segment the afterbirth. You know, like how like they have like the Walking Dead and the Talking Dead. And then they have, like, you know, the Talking Saul and all that stuff that Chris Hardwick does. We should just have this and just call it the Afterbirth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could, do, dude, we could totally do a brand new segment and just call it the Afterbirth, where, like, we just discuss Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get in trouble with uh, Deary again. <laughs> Kids don't Google Afterbirth. Um, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's... now they're all gonna do it. Damn you! Nova. I mean, it's it's subtly it's subtly our own little afterbirth segment here, where me and Tap just take over, and Rusty's just completely lost. I'll just sit here. Sometimes and ask he questions. falls asleep. Rusty just nods his head and smiles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rusty, what we need to do is next week maybe we start off the uh, this section and we'll talk about rebirth and leave them high and dry. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, like, what are we talking about? Oh no. <laughs> that would require Rusty to read Rebirth. You, know, right? you <laughs> never know. He he's not even up to date with his X Men stuff. He's up to stuff, date so. with Civil War. Yeah, I know. Invincible. Right? <laughs> I know. I got a lot of th- only That's... things I'm up to date with: Venom, Carnage, Venom, <laughs> X Men, Hyperion, 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 <laughs> and um... Small Hands. Smell like cabbage. What else am I missing? I'm missing something. Silver Surfer. Um, Silver Surfer. There you go. But not Civil War. No, we're not Civil War. Well, I've read Civil War 1. Oh, you but have I read now. Civil War 2. Well, Civil War 1 was all right. We're moving I like along. <laughs> well, guys, I think it's time we wrap this up. Yeah. And I think Rusty needs to go pull something out of his box. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> And on today's issue, I have a special guest, Steve Lieber from The Fix. Say hey, Steve. Hey there. Hey. And it's cool to have you on the show, man. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. So today, we're going to do like we usually do. We've uh, both found a comic from our personal collection, and we've pulled it out. Now we're going to flip through the pages, see anything in there that kind of just strikes that nostalgic feel, something that we remember, something that we forgot even. So, uh, Steve, what issue do you have for us today? Uh, I've got Saga of the Swamp Thing, 
issue 30, 75 cents from DC Comics, November 1984. I remember uh, I didn't buy this issue off the stands. It had sold out, so I had to, to, to get it from a comic shop like like a year later when I finally found a place, found one that had it. Uh, and, and found out what the hell happened to Swamp Thing. Um, <laughs> and poor, and poor Abby Arcane, yeah. And uh, but I just have great fond memories of this whole run. Ah, very cool, very cool. So, uh, what ad did you find in it? Well, there's a uh, three-column classified ad section with a whole bunch of really, really small ads. Those are always the uh, best, man. There's always the most ridiculous things in those. Yeah. The, the biggest ad on the page is, is Bill Cosby for the American Red Cross. It says <laughs> there's, there's a picture of Bill Cosby wearing this, the same glasses that I was pictured like President George Bush in uh, saying, Bill Cosby says, if you can't send you, send money. And it, it, there's no, nothing in there about roofies or anything. But, um, about the same, <laughs> <a> little, <laughs> no, yeah. Don't send you, send money, right? Yeah. Send your women. Um, <laughs> yes, and you know, the rest of it is. Let's see. There's there's an ad for a um, uh, a Michael Jackson style diamond glove, which you know for 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 sixteen ninety five plus two dollars postage and handling, you could get get this uh, diamond glove uh, sent to you from Las Vegas. Just thrilling thing. And weirdly, there's like ads for individual comic shops. If you're in Virginia. Uh, come come to Dave's Comics in the Village Shopping Center, and I man, I wonder how cheap these ads were to were to to take out if it's worth advertising in a comic published internationally to go to a single comic shop in in Richmond. Yeah, no, I I totally thought the same thing, especially when you see like uh, the, even the weirder ones where it's like mail away for this to get like a stamp from this state or something. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. Like, Nowadays, you have to pay like oodles and boodles of money. I ha- I imagine, especially if you want to get in like one of the big two, I, I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. the price to do that. But back then, it just seems like it was just so easy. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, like um, all these things are are you know, said twenty five cents for for my catalog of comics, and, and I guess I guess they would just send you this like mimeographed lists of 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 five thousand back issues that they had. Boy, the things eBay saved us from. This is really something. I know, right? I've seen. Uh, I, um, I had one uh, the other week where it was um, a free. I don't know how to describe it. It was a free catalog for a book of free things, so you could send away to these addresses in the book, and they'll send you free samples of random things all over the world. <laughs> like, how does anyone make any money off of this at all? <laughs> Uh, pre- presumably, the the, the the factory that's producing the samples is the only the only, the only one who's benefiting from this. Right? Someone's getting paid somewhere. I hope. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the the ads I'm seeing. Uh, you got a lot of karate and self defense. Um, no no Count Dante, unfortunately. I would have loved to have seen that, but he always had a full page thing, not not just a little classified. Um, and. Yeah, uh, the, the pendulum bodybuilding club. God only knows. <laughs> you always oh. see that the the bodybuilding ads in here. It's like, do you want to be gain this much weight and this much muscle? And then it shows like the ripped dudes, just like. Ah. Yeah, when, I like to think that at some point that that they'll have an ad like that. It'll just be a photo of J.K. Simmons. 
Have you seen those? Fo- have, you, have you seen those ripped, photos? Dude, like, oh my so god! Big. Like his eyes <laughs> are just like bulging out, like they're about to burst out of his skin. Yeah, so, suddenly J. Jonah can kick Spider-Man's ass. How, how did this happen? I don't understand this. <laughs> Gordon's buffing up, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. But that's cool, dude. I mean, I, I, those ads, it's always funny. Even if you're just like at a shop or something and you're just kind of flipping through, it's always cool to see like from different years the things they were selling and stuff. And it, even during oh, yeah. like the 60s where it was like wartime, they'll sell old army surplus stuff and like through the 70s. It'll be like mostly workout stuff. Eighties mostly workout stuff too. And then through the nineties, you kind of see it turn into like what we know now is like an app for like food and kids snacks, random games. Yeah, I felt like commercial superhero comics had taken a very very bad turn when I started seeing car ads uh, yeah. in, in in comics. Of, oh, geez, no, no, no. That's uh, that, that 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 says to me that they're they're not even pretending that kids are reading these anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. I a certain company has been, did a very long series of uh, Harley Davidson ads recently, and I was like, if I'm 18, I'm not gonna buy a brand new Harley. Or, you know, 16, I'm not gonna get a brand new Harley. So it's like, why is it mm-hmm. here? <laughs> yeah, I assume that the that the, their demographics reveal that the audience that they're now reaching for is is middle-aged folks with disposable income. It's like, really? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it it is a little heartbreak because I'm, I'm I'm looking at this this Swamp Thing comic here that I've got and and yes, seventy five cents was a lot more, but I still did not you know that was that was the cost of playing three video games, yeah. and so I I can I can always shake out seventy five cents to to get a comic. Uh, I don't know if a if a twelve year old can shake out four bucks now. Yeah, no prices just keep going up. Speaking of uh, prices of comics, uh, the one that I have is actually a 30-cent comic, but it was only a few years prior, so there you could just see how much it jumped from there. Yeah. Um, mine's actually a Marvel team-up featuring Spider-Man and Warlock, and it's from 1977 huh. of March. Is it Jim Starlin? Um, it is Bill, uh, yeah, Bill Mantlo, and then, uh, Mantlo and then uh, John Byrne on art. So, oh. yeah, but uh, y- you would think with the uh, Adam Warlock thing that it would probably be Jim Starlin during this time period. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So what's the ad? What'd you find? Okay, so it's actually one of those ads where it it's like it's like a full page. Okay, it's a bunch of different little Marvel madness on the move, and um, it's like anything from little trading cards and posters to uh, stickers for your sticker book. But the one that I'm looking at down in the bottom corner, and that's kind of a lot for back then, I would think. $3.49 for a magical Marvel mood ring. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Three fifty for so, a mood ring. If it turns green, you're angry. Yeah, right? But it's funny because, I, well, that's the thing. It's not just like it changes colors. I guess it changes to different pictures. Yeah, the hero vanishes whenever you take your ring off, but when it comes on, the, a picture of a comic book character will pop up according to your mood. I'm assuming wow. that the Hulk one is your angry. Yeah. Just an assumption. <laughs> yeah. For Spider-Man, you're vaguely paranoid and resentful. Right, there is a Jeez. Spider-Man. Um, there's also <laughs> a Thor, which I don't know what Thor would be. And then there's Captain America. 
I wonder what Thor is. I don't know what Thor would mean on our free. I, I, the, the only mood I associate with Thor it would be like kind of a... A billy guardian today. Yeah, like a big-bellied Falstaffian laugh or something. I don't know. What are you doing with that? It's true. I wonder what, Captain America would be like, what, courageous or something? Yeah, yeah you're patriotic. Patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like making a speech. I'm going to be a public speaker today, obviously. Yeah. But what, what a bizarre toy. It is a really bizarre toy. I just think it's weird that for 1977, it's $3.50, when, like, you can get these, like, comic saver, like, you can get package deals on this w without the ring, where it's, like, the stickers and the cards and the posters and stuff, like, for, like, six bucks, five bucks, where they'll give you, like, three of each. Jeez. But each are three dollars and fifty cent for the ring. I'm trying to think what I had to do in nineteen seventy-seven to, to to gather up five bucks. God, I, I I think I was getting like two dollars to to shovel somebody's driveway in Pittsburgh at that point. So that would have been that would have been three driveways. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that, that better be some good stickers for all that, you know, for, yeah. for that. It's, it's like just some harsh the winters. stickers and the, the, just send me one of everything, right? For that much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Boy. But, yeah, it's kind of cool, and I'm thank God it's one of those things where uh, there was a perforated ad that could have been cut out, and it's not cut out on this issue. Oh, man. I, yeah. Um... Just about every comic I owned, well, number one, they were all coverless because I wasn't allowed to buy new comics for the most part. Oh, wow. Um, so I, yeah, I had to, I, I would either get them in those, those um, plastic wrapped uh, bags of three old comics. Okay. I don't know if you ever, if you ever had those things, or there was a store the next, next neighborhood over that sold what were called stripped books. Um, essentially, when the newsstands were supposed, to, if the newsstand failed to sell something, they could return it for credit. But instead of paying for shipping the whole comic, they just ripped the cover off and dispose of the guts of the book. But then some of these places would turn around and sell them off the back of a truck to other places. And as a result, there there'd be stores where you could get ten comics for a dollar. But it wasn't like they had whole racks where they were organized. Anyway. There would just be like like three waist-high stacks of, of coverless comics and go through there with a dollar and pick out the ten that look best. And you would never, ever get two issues in a row of anything. So if something was to be continued, you either got part one or you got part two. But you, so you saw the beginning or the end. You never got a complete story. You should um, be out of luck, huh? Oh yeah. Well, on the other hand, I, I I credit that that background in comics as being one of the reasons I became a cartoonist. Because if if you if you don't get to find out what happened, you uh, you kind of have to make it up for yourself. So there, a, a big part of my childhood was tried was spent trying to figure out what was the situation that got the heroes into this, or how how are they going to get out of it? Uh, and that's that's I couldn't imagine better training for becoming a cartoonist. I guess that is going to bring us to the end of our podcast. Unless, Steve, do you have anything else in there that you want to bring up before we end it? No, that's it. I uh, want to thank everybody out there for supporting The Fix and let you know that the first trade paperback comes out, I think, in August. Very cool. Very cool. Be sure to check that out, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Steve, for being on. 
Um, this has been Pulling Ads, and we'll see you next time. Great. Thanks, guys. Red, and it's time for that special segment, Crank Calls, where I go ahead and I call comic book stores across the nation. And who knows, it may be one of your comic book store, but you'll never know because we're going to bleep out that name to protect the innocent. And I've randomly called one of you listeners. So tune in and find out who it is. Millennia, this is Chris Fish speaking. So I'm just curious, do you guys have any sex calls? Uh, yeah, like, what, the most recent version of it, or... Any sex criminals. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have sex criminals trades, we have um, sex criminals books, I don't know, let's see, right now I don't think there's one on the indie wall, but yeah, we it's actually in our top 100 uh, on our trades, so... Well, yeah, I mean, who, I think who, we have, like, yeah. who doesn't who doesn't like a good sex criminal, right? I, exactly, <laughs> it's crazy, everyone tells me this, I'm like, so their orgasms make them? I'm yeah, like, I know, uh, so I gotta ask, do you, <laughs> yeah. so do you have any job openings for another? Um, let's see. Do we have any job openings for another? Yeah. We are um, We are usually looking for people. If you go to the website, you can always click on join our team. Oh, But cool. we have sex criminals one and two here. So we have both trades. Yeah, one and two. There's awesome. One trade for number two. Awesome. Because you, know, you, you don't know how hard it is for, you know, a person with, with a, a felon to find a job as a sex criminal. So if you got a job opening, awesome, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. I gotcha. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But, yeah, we have both the trades for one and for trade for two, but we only have one trade for two. Okay. All right. So, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a worry. Not a worry. All right. Thanks Bye. so much. Bye. Dave Cummings. Hey, this is uh, Red. How you doing today? Good. Hey, I'm here with my pal, Rusty, you know, and we are just calling a couple shops, and we just had a few questions if you had a few minutes of time. Okay. All right. We got to just... You know, not into comics, really don't know anything about them. We just would like to know why comics. Why? What's the thrill of comics? Why have a comic book store? What's? It seems kind of kiddish, to tell you the truth. This is all stuff you would have to ask the owner. <laughs> well, you're answering the phone. You work there. Maybe you could tell me. You know, why work at a comic book store, honestly? Why? Because there's no better business in the world. <laughs> how can you? How, how is that? Enlighten me, please. It's just fun. It's a fun business. Like what? Give comic. me an example. It's comic books. You sit here and talk about comic books all day. But how could that be? I, I, maybe it's just me. I don't understand. How could that be enjoyable? I mean, why not talk about religion or politics or the girl next door? Why comic no books fights. with guys in tights? No fist fights. What do you mean no fist fights? Well, the three things you just mentioned will get you into a fist fight faster than anything else I know. Nah, nah, nah. I'll sit in the club and we, you know, I never see that happen. But why? It seems kind of dorky. I'm going to be honest. It is. <laughs> and you're cool with that. I, I've been collecting them for 51 years. 51 years? Are you married? I learned to read on, I learned to read on these things. <laughs> i got to ask, are you married? Pardon me? Are you married? No, <laughs> I'm just that's that's kind of the point, Rusty. If you want to chip in here, it's kind of the point that right, I. What is this all about? I'm just kind of get, I'm trying to get a, a really good, deep understanding of why comic books. I don't get it. The only, the only thing I can recommend is come down and read a comic book. What comic book would you recommend if we came down? Anything. 
anything? Like Mickey Mouse or Superman. I could recommend Mickey Mouse. I could recommend Archie. I could recommend Superman. If you oh. if you read it and you like it, then you get the attraction. I... If you read it and you don't like it, then you're not made for this. I don't know. I, it would be hard for me to put down Tchaikovsky and, and start reading something like that because, you know, it's just... I, I, I don't understand it. it. It just seems like it's the geeky thing to do. A bunch of guys in glasses sitting around reading comic books, you know, and that's it. It's got that stigma to it. Well, I've never had that problem. <laughs> so... But again, you'd be better off talking to the boss. He's got better answers than I can give you. All right, all right. Well, thanks for your time. Okay. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Keep calling the core. This is Gary. How can I help you? Gary, I can barely hear you there. Hold on one second. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Now, um... Can you hear me better? Yeah, I can, I can. Yeah, my buddy gave me your number. I understand you guys handle all back issues. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, every once in a while, well, are you looking to sell some stuff, or... Okay, um, so... Are you looking to buy some stuff? Well, I guess, uh, pay. I'm just kind of kind of curious on what kind of forms of payment you all take. Um, credit cards, cash. Okay, how about, uh, health insurance? You have Blue Shield, um, Holy Cross, <laughs> TRICARE? State, State Farm, you know. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, actually, I do have State Farm. Yeah, because I, I just need to set up a chiropractic appointment with you soon. Um, I understand you guys are the best place for back problems, and I just want to uh, try to set something up for you. Um, what's uh, your availability like? Okay, I'm I'm sorry. What did you say? Back problems? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so you're the best place to call for the chiropractic appointment because I understand you guys do take care of back issues really well, and I just want to know what <laughs> form your payments are taken and things along that line. Uh, yeah, our back issues are comic back issues, not... <laughs> Not technically back issues. I'm sorry, I don't fall on you. What do you mean? So, yeah, I just want to set up an appointment. That's all I want to do. I set up an appointment with you guys. I understand you're the guys to call. So, uh, what's your availability looking like? If you if you have a back problem, you should probably go to an actual chiropractor. Is that not what I'm calling them? I, mean, I was told, you just told me you guys take, take care of back issues. I'm confused here. <laughs> you're messing with me, right? What do you mean? I mean, do you you handle back issues? Do you not? Comic, comic book back issues. Okay, I'm not sure what not that back, means. Not actual. You know what comic books are, right? Oh yeah, I guess I had someone when I was a kid. What is that? Okay. Something like you have back, in a waiting room type of thing. Back issues are old comic books. Now you completely lost me. <laughs> if you're looking to get your lumbar adjusted, uh, we're not the place to do that. <laughs> you need to call a chiropractor. That's, that's what I'm calling, am I not? No, we're a comic and gaming shop. All right, well, thank you for your time. Hello? Huh? Hello? Right, I'm sorry, hold on one second. I got a lot of background noise here. Hold on. Can you hear me a little better now? Yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm on a construction site right now. My buddy gave me your telephone number, and basically we just broke out this wall, 
And inside the wall, we found all these old newspapers and magazines and comics and stuff like that. And he thinks we landed a fortune, and I'm hoping I can quit my day job. So he says, awesome. yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of, like, old uh, newspapers, and there's these magazines, Life magazines from, like, World War II in there. I'm looking at one with, like, a German uh-huh. soldier, and it says, like, March of 1938. And then there's, like, a uh-huh. whole bunch of these comic books. They, they, they're just, I don't know if they're anything special, but I'm looking at a lot of them here that were all dated from, like, 1938. And I'm just like, hopefully maybe, you know, I, I, I got a couple million dollars here because there's a lot of copies of these things. Could be. All right, so... I don't, I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't know anything about... Newspapers or magazines, but comics I might know a little bit. All right, well, let me t- right, let me see here. What I got? I got these two of them. They're f- they're called the Funnies. It says July of, uh, number twenty two ten cents. Uh, there's another, and there, I got three of those. And there's four of these from the Funnies. Uh, June it says number twenty one. Uh, like I said, I don't know about any of these comic stuff, but uh, Mickey Mouse and it's ten cents. Uh, just one of those, and then I got a couple of these other ones here. Uh, this one it says uh, Detective Comics number sixteen. It's for ten cents. Uh, we got four of those as well. There's uh, six of these Detective Comics number thirteen. Uh, Cowboy Comics. Uh, there's this like two of these Action Comics. It says July nineteen thirty eight number two. It's kind of cool. It's got like, this guy in an airplane parachute type of thing. So. And they, they all look like they just came out of the, you know, the shelf at Walmart. They're pretty good looking. Cool. So do I, do I, do yeah, I, have, I, tell me, I have a fortune, please. <laughs> well, I haven't seen them, so I can't uh, be accurate. But, uh, you know, uh, did you, nothing's worth a million dollars, but uh, those detectives potentially could be worth ten grand apiece. No kidding. And these things are like nice. Now, hold, hold on, hold on one second. I, I, I'm sorry, my foreman. Hold on one minute. Okay, sorry about that. So yeah, so what, what, what do I do with this stuff? I would find an auction house and sell it in New York. In New York. Okay. Yeah. How long does this, that this take? This is Idaho Falls. This oh. is Idaho Falls, man. No one's gonna pay that kind of cash for comics. I need to go to a. Yeah, you you just find. I think Sotheby's actually has uh, auction house has a has a place in uh, Jackson. How long does so, that take? I need money now. <laughs> well, I don't know how to get you money now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone that's got tens of thousands of dollars to fork down right now. Wow, it's really worth that much, huh? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen them. Okay. I'm just saying potentially. Potentially, potentially. All right. Well, uh, hold on one second. One, one of my coworkers is is, is uh, hitting me up. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, what? Well, oh crap. Sorry about that. Yeah. You know what? I guess never mind. Somebody just put glue all over the crap. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, never mind then. I'll, I'll, I'll try later. I'll, oh, crap, I, I gotta go. Okay. Hello? 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 
Oh, I'm sorry, I could barely hear you there. All right, we finally got a caller to answer the phones today. Hey, guess what, my man? You are in so much luck today. Your buddy, Jake Combs, had entered you into a contest. And your name got pulled right out of the bucket today. Congratulations. What's your name? How does it feel to be the winner? Um, my name's Steven Lopez. Steven. <laughs> well, you know who Jake is. He says he's a friend of yours. He is, yeah. Well, he entered you into a contest to win a free all-expense-paid trip to New York Comic Con. I understand you're a person who might like that. I'm a bit of a nerd, yeah. A bit of a nerd. How much is a bit of a nerd? I wear a Green Lantern ring, and I'm 30 years old. (laughs) That is pretty nerdy. That is pretty nerdy. That's cool. That is cool. All right. So let's put that nerd to a test because... You can't go without answering a few questions, right? All right. All right. So, Rusty, I know you are dying to ask your number one question, so shoot! What color is Stiltman Stilts? Color is Stiltman Stilts? Oh, crap. Time is ticking. You keep me in mind. No Googling now. That's not fair. That's cheating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... Brown. I have no clue. Brown. Oh. Brown. Is that your final answer? That's the answer I'm going to go with, yeah. Oh, sorry to say, but you are incorrect. Oh. Yeah, the actual color of his stilts are gray or silver. Yes. All right. Well, we've got to give him a chance to redeem himself. Don't you think, Rusty? You get a chance. You get a chance. Yeah, we get him a, a chance. Second All chance. Right. All right. It's All a right. mulligan. A mulligan. Yeah, I like that. We'll give him a mulligan here. All right. So I. <laughs> You got to name me all five Infinity Stones. Five. All five four, Infinity Stones three, from the Marvel Universe? Two, one. Yes, go! Oh, okay. awesome stop. Nine, Captain America. Eight, seven, um, six, five. Guardians of the Galaxy. Four, three, four, two, uh, one. Up! Oh, time is two. up! I am so sorry! Man! You had to think about that one for a little while, didn't you? Yeah, I'm a big fan right now. <laughs> I thought you said you were a geek. You're a nerd. You better put that Green Lantern ring to some better use. Yep, you are zero and two right now. Ooh. All right. Are you ready, though? There's more questions. You oh, still have a chance. Austin, stop blowing that whistle. All right. All right. So, All right. question number three. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. What Green Lantern issues are known as the original Twilight series? The original Twilight series? What three issues of Green Lantern were a part of the Twilight series, the original Twilight series. Oh, Rusty, you're giving him the easy one. You got a Green Lantern fan here with the easy questions. We're just like giving these tickets away. You would be if I was actually read comic books. You don't read comic books? No, not really. Oh my I, goodness. I, I, I know more about comic book characters and bios. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we appreciate your time playing it, but you know what you need to do? I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need... You ha- you ha- I'm sorry. You have an iPhone or an Android. 
I'm an Android. Android, okay. You got Google Play, right? Yep. Go to Google Play. Get on there. Look for Four Guys in a Comic Podcast. Download it. Is this Four Guys in a Comic? And it might be. It might be. Oh, shit. Hey, guys. Nice. <laughs> Oh, you guys are great! Oh, so <laughs> nice. so you, you listen to us, do you? I, I listen to you guys when I when I have the chance. Yeah, but I'm I'm in uh, a bunch of chat rooms with with some of you guys. You guys you guys put uh, breaking everybody else to shame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think nice. the name Red and Rusty would have given it away first off? Well, I heard Red. I heard Rusty. I didn't hear Red. I was like, okay, maybe it's a t- maybe it's a radio show. And then uh, as soon as you said four guys, buddy, please stop blowing that whistle. Well, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Tune into four guys and you can listen to yourself. <laughs> oh, uh, when, will that, when will that be released? <laughs> well, we'll let you know. All right, man. All right, brother. All right. You have a good all one. Right. Take it easy. Bye. All right, everyone. That concludes prank calls for this week. Hey, if you know a special person out there that deserves a good prank, go ahead to our Facebook site or to our Twitter and send us a private message with their telephone number. And who knows? Maybe we'll give them a good prank. Or if you like a good prank yourself, shoot us your telephone number. Who knows? We may call you. Until next time, everyone. What's up, guys? It's Nova, and it's that time of the podcast where I am going to talk to you about a creator. It is the Creator's Corner, and I've chosen an artist that I, I think we've all seen. We've all seen his work. We've all enjoyed his work in collaboration with a writer that I think we've also all enjoyed throughout his entire career. Uh, I'm going to sort of do this little thing now since I'm sort of soloing this one. I'm going to let you play this game with yourself while you're listening, while you're driving, whatever it is you're doing. I'm going to give you little hints about who I'm going to talk about, and you can basically take it from there, see if you can guess it before I actually tell you his name or her name. So uh, this gentleman, we'll start it off, is an uh, American Eisner Award winning comic book artist so he's a pretty you know he's a pretty big deal Uh, i'm gonna try and see how slowly i can do this okay so he's worked on batman which i know doesn't break it down too much but that's one thing he's also worked on superman he's worked on catwoman daredevil spider-man hulk captain america ringing any bells okay uh maybe challengers of the unknown uh does that ring any bells for you one thing he tends to do usually with his uh collaborative writer is work on a sort of limited series he's never really done an ongoing series um if you haven't guessed it by guessed it yet i'm gonna give a huge hint here he primarily if not i think he may even only work with jeff Loeb. If you haven't guessed it by now, uh, I'm going to give you one more hint. Batman The Long Halloween, uh, Dark Victory, Superman For All Seasons, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, most recently Captain America White. That's right. I'm talking about Tim Sale. Uh, Really stylistic artist. I mean, he is... You can tell right away what is a Tim Sale piece, right away. Uh, he's one of my personal favorite artists, mostly because of um, when I first started reading comics, 
it was obviously Batman that got me into it. Like I mentioned before in other podcasts, uh, The Dark Knight Returns was what sort of clicked comics for me again and got me back into it. But I started looking for the things everyone talks about and everyone, every cat out there was talking about Long Halloween. And everyone will be talking about Long Halloween for the years to come because it is a legendary Batman story. And of course, Jeff Loeb wrote it. Tim Sale did the art for it, and his art actually was what really got me to want to keep reading the book, because he does splash pages, man, that insane stuff. I mean, we've all, I think you've all seen it there. There's amazing, phenomenal pages where Batman's tackling the Joker while, or the Scarecrow while the Scarecrow's on this horse that's, that's all, you know, fear-induced, and it just looks incredible. Tim Sale's amazing. So, uh... Yeah, I'm just going to read off a little list of what he's done. Uh, You know, he did some Halloween specials, which I think were actually coincidentally the first prestige uh, edition comics. You know, they were the ones with like the nicer covers and the thicker spines and whatnot. They came in poly bags and they were, I think, $9.99. The first Halloween special was. Uh, And Jeff Loeb has insane stories that he talks about when it comes to this stuff. But, you know... The Halloween specials, uh, which I think are all connected in a Haunted Night trade paperback, which you may have seen more commonly. But you've got The Long Halloween, Batman Dark Victory, Superman for All Seasons, Catwoman When in Rome. Uh, and over at Marvel, he did uh, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, and Captain America White recently. Uh, and I think he may have done, he's done a few issues here or there, something like Solo Number 1. Um, and Wolverine and Gambit. Uh, mini series there for issues and he did challengers of the unknown must die uh, which is actually the trade paperback i apologize but he collected challengers of the unknown from 91 uh, the first eight issues and this was his first work with jeff loeb and this was sort of jeff loeb's intro into comics and jeff loeb tells a crazy story about him and how him and tim sale met um so jeff loeb was basically at a con for those of you that haven't heard it He's at a con, it was, you know, in the 90s, so um, maybe even before that, because it, it probably took them a while to get the content out, but he was at a con, and he had this idea for Challenges of the Unknown, that's what DC gave him to work on. Um, I want to, yeah, I don't remember who it was that told it, but they were working on that, and or he was working on that, and he was looking for an artist to do it, and he tells this hilarious story where um, he went out, he actually approached Jim Lee and stuff, and and they they denied him they're like now we're gonna do x-men and whatnot but um he he wound up finding tim sale and the reason he got tim sale and he wanted tim sale for this book specifically was because tim sale could draw ugly people uh it, it's his art he he draws ugly people and that's that's what sold jeff loeb on it because um the whole story of the challenges of the unknown um, is you've got these characters that, you know, have always in the past looked very similar. And uh, Jeff Loeb really wanted to change that up. So he started working with Tim Sale here. And then they got the uh, Halloween specials, you know, and they built up their reputation from there. They became basically an all-star team once these dropped. Because these Halloween specials at nine ninety nine, I think, sold wild numbers. Um, and that sort of got them going. And then you've got, you know... The, the, the creme de la creme, the thing we all know and love, the long Halloween, which is just, just, oh, 
it's so good it's just batman glory all over the place but that that book just skyrocketed them they basically set their name in the comic industry when they when they released that uh that storyline but tim sale played a huge part in that because like i've mentioned his art is very stylized uh he draws really unorthodox faces and bodies and you know he's he's got his batman is so recognizable with the extremely long um pointy you know cowl cowl ears um and the cape he draws and it's just it's phenomenal the inking everything about it is great um and that's why he's become such a such a big name he's won eisner awards and you know stuff like superman for all seasons is a book that doesn't have a lot of action but it's it does a great job and of of telling a great superman and clark kent story um another great thing about tim sale is that he i'm pretty sure he said that he only wants to work with jeff Loeb. but aside from that is um based on again what jeff Loeb said he's a guy who fights for his ideas uh, and he's not really you know he's the kind of guy who will submit a piece of art or, or at least has in the past and he would say you either publish this or you fire me and find somebody else which i always respect because when someone when an artist is saying that when that is what the artist is standing by is their work and they're they're willing to give up their livelihood for it you know you're getting good content out of it but that's my little spiel on tim sale if again hopefully you guys want to go back and read long halloween after this just picturing some of the gorgeous two-page spreads he did if not, um, if you haven't read it for some reason, go check it out. Go check out any of his work. It's amazing. He's a, he's a phenomenal artist. Uh, and I'm really glad that uh, Jeff Loeb found him. And the two of them that created such a great creative team together um, that has brought joy to people all around the world. Drums, please. <laughs> everyone welcome back to another edition of who's who in comics this is tap and with me today we have a very 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 special guest none other than mr ron mars ron thank you so much for doing this sure man happy to do it so obviously you've created tons or uh, had car- parts in creating some characters and written for tons of others my personal favorite kyle rayner that you've done uh would you mind telling us a little bit about kyle rayner the thought process behind creating him and a little bit about the character overall the decision to to remove Hal Jordan from the lead role in Green Lantern was obviously one that came from DC editorial just because, you know, those kind of decisions get made uh, at a corporate level, not at a freelancer level. Um, but they gave us a very free hand to create his replacement. Um, so uh, Daryl Banks and I, along with Kevin Dooley, the editor, ended up coming up with Kyle as a... Um, as hopefully a a different sort of Green Lantern than Hal or John Stewart or Guy Gardner, uh, we felt like if we were going to to introduce a new character, it shouldn't be you know Hal Jordan Light. It shouldn't be some version that was covered somewhere else. So we ended up going for a a, a younger, frankly less heroic character initially, you know because let's let's face it, Hal was Hal was a hero before he ever got the ring. I mean he's a 
you know, he's a badass test pilot, which which is very much in keeping with how a lot of those DC Silver Age characters were initially created. They were characters that you could aspire to be even in their civilian life. They weren't like you. They're the, they're the characters that you wanted to grow up to be. I grew up reading Marvel comics, which is a lot more about characters with flaws and characters with feet of clay. So that's where my, uh, that's where my head was at in trying to come up with a, with a new Green Lantern. So uh, I felt like the everyman character, who was, of course, mostly embodied by Peter Parker, was a, was a good skeleton to hang the flesh on. Um, so I wanted to have a character who was unlike most of the other DC characters, somebody that, somebody that you could relate to, not somebody that you uh, necessarily aspired to be someday. Um, so I wanted the, I wanted Kyle to be a character that you could see yourself in that role. So it's, I, you know, I make no bones about it. He's Kyle is very much out of that everyman mold and kind of, uh, kind of a Peter Parker type where the goal was to make sure that you, you as the reader identified with him when he was in costume and that you identified with his life when he was out of costume. We wanted what happened to him when he wasn't being a superhero to be hopefully as intriguing and intriguing and interesting for the audience as when he put on the superhero costume and, and, you know, had comic book adventures. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you did an excellent job with it. And, you know, thank you from the kids that grew up in the eighties and the early nineties and stuff that, you know, like Nova said earlier, those are the green lanterns that we grew up with. So, uh, thank you for creating that character, and Spider-Man's always been one of my top faves as well because of the fact that he's somebody you can relate to. So um, I love the concept, and thank you for sharing that with us. It's awesome to kind of hear the backstory and the reason for creating him. Thanks, Tap. It was, you know, we, we, were, we were very lucky in that we were given quite a bit of freedom to, uh, to develop the character uh, as we wanted, there wasn't a huge amount of editorial control over it. They ultimately gave us enough rope to hang ourselves, and we and we managed not to hang ourselves with them. And and uh, Daryl and I had had a great long run on the on the series. And uh, you know, obviously, I I look back on it fondly, and I'm I'm, I'm proud of the work. And I, I think even more than that, I'm, I'm proud that we were able to create a character that people look back on as their Green Lantern. I think everybody kind of discovers, particularly Green Lantern, because there are multiple lanterns, there are multiple uh, uh, main characters, uh, unlike Superman or Batman or Spider-Man, um, you can have your Green Lantern. And, and the fact that some people feel like Kyle is their Green Lantern is, uh, is something that makes me smile to this day. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much again for coming on the show. It's greatly appreciated. This week, let's start off with DC Comics. First off, we'll have Art Ops number 9 at a cover price of $3.99. We'll also be seeing Batman Rebirth number 1 second printing for a price of 2 dollars 
And next up we'll have Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number 5. This is issue 5 out of 8 at a cover price of $5.99. But we will also be seeing 5 variant covers for that this week as well. What else shall we have? Hmm. Well, you die-hard Batman fans out there, we have a DC Comics brass Batman statue being offered for a mere $5,000. Check that one out. All right, we'll also be having, comic book-wise, Deathstroke Annual number 2 at a price of $4.99. I see we have Grayson Annual number 3 at a price of $4.99. Green Arrow Rebirth number 1 second premium variant cover, as well as the Green Lantern's Rebirth number 1 second premium variant cover, both being offered for a price of $2.99. But we have the Justice League number 50 second premium variant cover being offered for $5.99. We'll get League of Wonder Woman number 7, this is part 7 of 9, for a price of $3.99, as well as Scooby Apocalypse number 1 second premium variant, and Suicider's King of Hell number 4, part 4 of 6. Both these issues at $3.99. And would you believe it? Superman number 52 second premium variant, as well as Superman Rebirth number 1 second print variant. And wrap it up. Teen Titans Annual number 2 at a cover price of $4.99. Now let's switch on over to Marvel and from Marvel Comics we'll be getting the all new all different Avengers number 11 at $3.99. The Amazing Spider-Man and Silk The Spider-Fly Effect number 4. Now this is part 4 of 4 at a price of $4.99 as well as Black Panther number 3 at a price of $3.99 with two variant covers being offered for that. You'll also be getting this week uh, Captain America Steve Rogers number two at a price of $3.99 with one variant cover for that. And I guarantee you guys this is going to be one that's going to be selling right off the shelves as soon as it comes out. Because we all want to know why did Captain America say Hell Hydra. Next we'll have Captain Marvel number six at a price of $3.99 with a variant cover being offered. As well as Daredevil Punisher number two. This is part two of four at a price of $4.99. We'll get Darth Vader number 22 with the action figure variant for that. And we'll also be seeing Extraordinary X-Men number 11 for $3.99. I see we have Haunted Mansions number 4. This is part 4 of 5 at a cover price of $3.99 with two variant covers for that. One of them being an action figure variant. We'll be getting Hyperion number 4 for $3.99 as well as Mockingbird number 4 for $3.99. That brings us to Silk, issue number 9, and Spider-Gwen Annual number 1 for $4.99 with a variant cover being offered for that. We'll be getting Spider-Man number 5 for $3.99, as well as Spider-Man Deadpool number 1, 6th printing variant, number 2, 5th printing variant, number 3, the 4th printing variant, number 5, the 2nd printing variant, and of course, issue number 6 at a price of $3.99 with one variant cover being offered. You'll get Star-Lord issue number 8 for a price of $3.99 with two variant covers being offered for it. And Timely Classics, or excuse me, Timely Comics Ultimates number 1, Timely Comics Uncanny Inhumans number 1, Timely Comics Venom Space Knight number 1, and Timely Comics Web Warriors number 1, all four being offered for $3 each. We've seen Unbeatable Squirrel Girl issue number 9 for $3.99 as well as Uncanny Inhumans number 11 for a price of $3.99 with two variant covers being offered. You'll have Uncanny X-Men number 9 for $3.99 and Venom Space Knight issue number 9 for $3.99. And to wrap it up, we have X-Men Worst X-Men Ever issue 5. This is part 5 of 5 at a cover price of $3.99. Now let's go on over to one of my favorite publishers, and that would be Image Comics. And wow, we got some good stuff coming out this week, such as East of West issue number 27. We have Empty Zone issue number 9. Jupiter's Legacy, Volume 2, Number 1. This is Part 1 of 5 
and we have let's see one two three four five six variant covers being offered for that we'll have sex number 29 as well as sons of the devils issue number eight and starve number 10 all of those comics i mentioned by image are of course 3.99 but we'll have plutonian issue number five part 505 for 2.99 as well as spawn issue number 264 at a cover price of 2.99 with covers a and b by eric larson and if you like eric larson be sure to check out our podcast with him where we talk exclusively with the man the myth the legend himself well that's going to wrap up this week's weekly releases be sure to check them out from the leading comic enthusiast podcasters comes the number one t-shirts for geeks nerds and awesome people everywhere Sending four guys in a comic official tee. When you get a hold of an awesome black and white tee, when you get your skin wrapped around a classic design, or put yourself in a white and black cotton burrito, you'll feel right at home with the four guys. Imagine the feeling of chanting Hail Hydra in these stylish designs. Prepare for adventure with your favorite shirt. Buy now, and a minuscule portion of your purchase will go to helping aid Sokovian recovery. Four guys in a comic t-shirt. Get yours now. Still coming off your comic high? Fret not, fans. You can get your fix of more four guys in a comic anytime on the web. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean and iTunes. Send us a tweet at the number four guys in a comic. Check us out on Instagram at four underscore guys underscore and underscore a underscore comic. And stay up to date on our Facebook page, keyword four guys in a comic. Summer's here and that means lots of great books to read. Connect with us and tell us what your current faves are. Till next time.